Wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed day. Verse 4 and verse 5 talks about what happens when your vision is blurred and skewed. Here, it says, write the vision, make it plain. Put it in front of your face. So that what God is for you is always in the forefront of your thought, of your sight, of your being, of your daily activity. Because it's that singular focus on what God has for you is what's going to make it come to fruition in your life. If I give you directions to get from point A to point B, and I'm very detailed and explicit in those directions, and I give you those directions, what do you do? You have to look at it. A map is only as useful as you using it. That's right. You can have a map in your back pocket, and if it stays in your back pocket, your back pocket will know where you're going, <laughs> but you won't know where you're going. That's right. And what God wants for you to do today is for you to actually read that road map that he has for you yeah. so that you can get to that place that he's calling you to be, That's right. that level of greatness. Yes. Last week, we talked about how God created you great already. You see that in Genesis, being made in his image. We know this. God doesn't make anything second rate. Doesn't make any junk. There's no malfunction. There's no flaw. There's no rejects. It is perfect in its completion. It is perfect in its construction from start to finish. So when you read Genesis and it talks about you being made in his image, he's talking about you being perfect. You being a creation of greatness. You being a duplicate copy of him. And what he wants for you is to operate in that greatness. Yes. Okay? Amen. That's the cliff note version of last week and the week before. So hopefully you got it. But what I want to talk to you about today, what I want you to focus on, is why you have this plan and why it is important. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3. If we go to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12. And I ought to read this to you in the Message Bible. Philippians 3, and in the title here, it says, Focused on the Goal. To be focused on the goal. So the focus is an active vision, it's an active sight. There's no sense in following something if it's not crystal clear. So he wants you to be focused. I'm not saying that I have all of this together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I am off and running and I am not Turning back. Verse 15 says, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. There are several things happening here which I absolutely love. 
You can't wait to have it all together before you start on this path. Commitment has to start someplace. You can't wait until you say, you know what, I'm going to wait for all things to be favorable. Well, Lord, you know what, I know you have greatness for me, but I'm not great yet, so I'm going to keep working on me. So, so once I get myself together, then I can follow your plan. That's ridiculous. Because he just wants you to start. And he doesn't care where you are. He cares about where you're going to be. Now, all throughout the Bible, you will see that God used flawed individuals to impact this world. He used liars, beggars, cheaters, drunkards, murderers, tax collectors, lawyers. Lawyers of all people. Now, there are lawyers in the house. I love you. But clearly, what God is saying to you is that it doesn't matter where you came from, who you are, what you had, what you think you can't do. You can do it all. That's right. But you can't do this without an absolute total commitment in his plan. That's right. So if there's anything else in your way, let God remove it and clear up your blurred vision so that you can see clearly what he has for you. He wants you to start living the life that he actually created you to live. Because that's what good fathers do, since we're talking about Father's Day. That's what good fathers do. They leave a legacy for their children to follow. They also leave an inheritance for their children. So his legacy and his inheritance is for you as his special children. But it is up to you to clearly see God's vision so that you can attain it in your life. So, Lord, you know, I want that. And when you read here, the thing that's interesting, it talks about you need to reach out for Christ just like he is reaching out for you. Never really thought about that. Said you have God cheering you on to the finish line. Imagine this. The very moment you were created, God's like, hey, look at this. This is my special little person. And much like I do with Jack and Ethan, come on, take a step. Come on, let's go. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, wait, wait, don't fall. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the entire time, God is sitting there right beside you, urging you on to greatness. He said, Jesus Christ is the finish line. And he's going to sit there in your ear. You can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Let's get you here. Greatness is over there. Wait, don't, don't, no, don't look at that. No, don't touch that. Stop. That's hot. That'll hurt. That'll touch. That'll burn. That'll hurt. Don't do that. Here, follow this. And that is what he's doing with each and every one of you today. Trying to get you to that place of greatness. And much like my children, they have to be willing to hear what I am saying. And once they hear it, they have to do what? Be obedient to it. Because the instruction that I am giving you is beneficial to you, not detrimental to you. And even though you may think you have your own plan, the instruction that God is giving you today is by far better. You know why? Because he's God. And there really isn't any other plan that's better than God's plan. No matter how much you try, 
There isn't one. Trust me, I've tried it. There isn't. It says, don't look back. Stay focused on this goal that I have for you. And it's going to take nothing less than absolute total commitment to achieve greatness in your life. And I think what happens is that so many times our vision gets skewed. So let's talk about what God's vision isn't. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Now, you, you may think what I'm about to say to you is a little, little out of sorts. Because when we talk about Matthew chapter 6, and we all get happy about verse 33, about all these other things being added unto you, and we hear it and we get happy about God giving that provision. But if I were to tell you that wasn't God's vision for your life, what would you say to me? You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked, right? I mean, he wants to do all those things, but that's not God's priority, number one, for you. I'll prove it to you. So if we go here, you know what, I'm going to, let me go with the original. I love my my iPad, but um, I like having leather between my hands. So Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to start in verse 19. In the Amplified Version, it says... Do not gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures on earth. And we talked about last week. Where moth and rust and worms consume and destroy, and where thieves break through and steal. Yeah. So these are all temporal things that other people will steal, cheat, rob, kill to get. That's not how God wants to bless you. No. But gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume and destroy, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. So if your vision is sound, if you are focused on the right thing, then your entire body will be filled with light. Hmm. But if your eye is unsound or skewed or perverted or just a little blurry, or just not right on the mark, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in your conscience is darkened, how dense is that darkness? Hmm. Verse 24 says, So no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one, and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Deceitful riches, money, possessions, and whatever is trusted in. Now, I am not saying that you being a wealthy person is wrong. Because I want to be a wealthy person. You all want to be a wealthy person. Living this life of salvation is not about poverty. No, it's not. And it's not just about prosperity. That's right. These are two sides of the same coin. Because some school of thought will take you completely to the other way, where you will be condemned for having nice things. And the other side will take you to the other way, saying all you need to do is do this so you can get the nice things. And in turn, what you've done is lost sight of God. That's right. Hmm. Because here, verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you shall eat 
or what you shall drink or about your body or what you shall put on is not life greater in quality than food and the body, far above and more excellent than clothing. So right here, what you are seeing right here, and when you read this in the King James Version, it's in red. So Jesus is speaking. And what he is saying to you is that all these things that you're worrying about mean nothing to me. So it doesn't matter about your food, doesn't matter about the clothes you have, the car you drive. So all that thing, so those are afterthoughts for me. They should be afterthoughts for you. Because that's when verse 33 comes into play. Said that if you're seeking me first, seeking my way of doing and being right, if you're focused on my vision for your life, then all of these other things will be taken care of. Because just like me, you don't see them as a priority. You see them as an add-along. God's vision for you is his greatness for you. What he is trying to get you to in here, see, when he said, don't be anxious, don't be worried about it, he said, he wants you to live a life of freedom. He says, I want you to be free in your life. See, you can't be free to worship, to love, to praise, to minister, to do any of those other things if your main priority is not God himself. See, because you're worried about how am I going to pay this bill, you know, I need some new sneaks, you know, my clothes are falling off. All these other temporal things are clouding your vision. And what he wants for you is for you to be focused completely on him, his message for your life. And when you embrace that, then everything else is taken care of. There's never a situation in this Bible where you read about the patriarchs of our faith where they were not taken care of ever. There was never a time. Never a time. Because their priority was, Lord, I'll serve you. Tell me where to go. And all of the other provisions, all of the other things came in afterwards. Because their main focus was doing God's work, his will, his way. Living a life of freedom. See, because when you're free, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the guy down the street has. It eliminates competition. When you live a life of freedom, guess what? You can't be angry with anyone because it doesn't matter. That's right. It doesn't matter what new car you got. It doesn't matter what pocketbook you have. It doesn't matter what nice hat you got. Doesn't, I don't care about shoes. I don't care about any of that other stuff. So my main goal is serving God completely. Yes. Not so I can get something from him, but because I love him. Yes. I want to serve God because it's my only priority. And serving him as my only priority puts me at the top of the list for him to take care of everything else. All right? All right? You know, and it's kind of heavy, but it's needed. It's needed. It's needed. So let's talk about this plan. Because I, I told you that God's plan and his vision for your life wasn't just possessions, so let's figure out what it is. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to read this in the Amplified Version. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. When you read this, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. 
This mystery was never disclosed to human beings in past generations as it now been revealed to his holy apostles, consecrated messengers, and prophets by the Holy Spirit. It is this, that the Gentiles are now to be fellow heirs with the Jews, members of the same body and joint partakers sharing in the same divine promise in Christ through their acceptance of the glad tidings and the gospel. So, if I were to tell you that God's vision for your life was to make sure that everyone knew that they were supposed to be joint heirs with him, what would you say? But you, you didn't talk about my prosperity. You didn't talk about my vats bursting with new wine. You talked about spreading the gospel. Nobody wants to do that. I just want to get in so I can praise and have a good time. I don't want to share this gospel message at all. Lord, I just want your benefits. I don't want to talk about the goodness of God. I don't want to talk about him dying on the cross for me. I don't want to talk about that. But that's what it's supposed to be. Huh. Said so, so God's greatness for my life is dependent upon everyone else knowing about his goodness and his greatness for their lives. See, now it's a different perspective when you figure out that how much you want to impact your life is dependent upon you doing something for someone else. That's true greatness. See, because we can accumulate things by our own hands. But if to really experience all that God has for you is dependent upon me opening my mouth and sharing this gospel. Wow. Maybe I've been looking at this thing all wrong. Just, just maybe, just maybe, Lord, I, maybe I, I, I've taken what you've given to me for granted. Huh. Man. Verse 9 says, and also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan or what is God's vision regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Huh. Verse 10. So you're hearing some things that are going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Right. said, Lord, I want all of your grace. I want your mercy. I want your blessing. But I don't want to talk to anyone about it. I just want you to give it to me. He said, but no, I want you to do this so that everyone can know that they can be an heir just like you. And then verse 10 says the purpose is that through the church. No, wait, stop. What you're telling me, Lord, is that... My vision for me, your vision for me, and your greatness for me is tied to now the church too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I got to do church building and evangelism. I don't know, Lord. I don't know if this plan's really for me. And I like the fact that I can hear you think. So let's keep going. So the purpose of that is through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and the authorities, principalities, and powers in the heavenly sphere. This is in accordance with the terms of the eternal and timeless purpose. Again, with the purpose. 
which he has realized and carried into effect in the person of Christ Jesus our Lord. God's plan of greatness for your life is about spreading his word so someone else can partake also. Yes. It's not so you can have a fancy car. And so someone else can partake in God's greatness and his riches and his mercy also. It's about living a life of freedom and living a life completely filled with God's greatness so that other people will notice how great God is through you. And when you read here and it talks about it being, here, I I don't want to misquote it, that all of the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly sphere will know, Mm -hmm. said you need to live a life of greatness so much that they talk about you in heaven. When you read this in the Message Bible, it talks about living a life out loud, full of God's greatness, that heaven has to stop and take notice of how great he has been to you. Is heaven talking about you this morning? See now. See the uncomfortable feeling you have right now where you're starting to get a little hot, a little bothered. I like that. Because he wants to chip away all of the nonsense, tap you into proper perspective so that his great vision can be accomplished in this earth That's through, right. wait for it, you. That's right. See, we talked about this before, and I even mentioned this, is that God's greatness isn't just for you, but it's for somebody else. So if you are living a life where you don't like people, trust me, I know about that. If you are living a life where you can't be bothered, trust me, I know about that. If you live a life where you are aggravated all the time, and believe me, I know about that. Then just maybe, just maybe, your vision is incorrect. Just maybe. Let's go to verse 14. This is really going to irritate you. I mean, really, really, really going to bother you. So verse 14 in Amplified says, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you were all built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you catch it? Did you catch what just happened here? Did you catch what just happened here? Seeing the greatness of this plan, yeah, I see it. You are now all linked together to achieve God's greatness. Now, How's he going to bless me if I don't want to have anything to do with you? No, not well, you know. How, I, how am I going to achieve my greatness as a church if we will not be willing to link ourselves together? Now, there's a reason for this, the linking together. See, because by myself, I am weak. Together with you, I am that much stronger. That's right. And if I bring you here, you can't stop us. Mm-hmm. Right. See, the Bible talks about where two or three are gathered. 
He'll be what? In the midst of it, right? So, so God's greatness for you is about establishing his kingdom in this earth through one, your willingness to spread God's good word, your willingness to make sure that the entire world knows about the uniqueness of God and all of his aspect and his character that you will find where? In his church. And when you do that, then all of us together are seeing God's plan clearly and we are linked together. Then you have become great. And not until you do that, you will not be great. Until then, you will just continue to be self-deceived. Until you decide to say, you know what? I will love my neighbor as myself. Until you do that, you're only receiving a portion of what he wants to do for you. We talked about it before. It's going to take what? At least an all-out commitment. At minimum, a 100% commitment to God to receive from him. Why do you want a portion from God when he is willing to give you not just all, but more than? And he is sitting there urging you on, come on, Dave, come on, Dave, don't get tired, don't get weary, don't faint, don't fall down, don't quit. I have greatness for you. Get your attitude together. I have greatness for you. Get your love walk together. I have greatness for you. Get everything in line because I have healing for you. Get all of the junk out of the way and focus on me because I have greatness for you. The one thing stopping God's greatness living in your life is what? You. Because we have seen evidence here that all he wants to do is make you phenomenal. All he wants to do is make you super. That's all he wants to do. So let him do this. When you get a minute, read Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. And it talks about that three-strand cord is not quickly broken. He needs you to be great so his will can be accomplished in this earth. And it's going to take a great church to do it. And it's going to take a great church with great people to do it. And it's going to take a great church with great people that are united together. That's right. Because like it says here in Ecclesiastes, one of you I can push over. Two, I might have some time. But if you are all united, nothing can break you. That's right. You will see churches fold up this year. Because people will not be united. You will see the enemy wreak havoc in houses of worship because people are not united. You will see powerful visions crumble and disappear because the people are not united. Let's go to Ephesians real fast. Fourteen and nineteen. I'm sorry, we're already there. I'm, I mean, I've I've passed through, but Ephesians three, fourteen and nineteen. I'm going to read this to you in the uh, in the Message Bible. As soon as uh, as soon as it decides to show up. 
It's in Christ that you, once you've heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signal was from God as the first installment of what's coming, a reminder that we will get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Ephesians 3. 13. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm in Ephesians 1. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I know you guys are looking at me like, what is he talking about? Well, that's, well that was pretty good, too. That was, that was a happy mistake, man. All right. We are all right today. All right. So here's where we need to be. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to make a point. So Ephesians chapter 3, okay, this is where we are. And you know what? Let's go 14. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. So we serve a God that wants to parcel out heaven and an earth. So I want to give you greatness in heaven and in earth. So spiritually and physically. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love. Oh, no. Not love again. You will be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. So with your feet firmly planted in love, I want you to experience all of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. Talks about exploring his dimensions. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Live a full life in the fullness of yourself, in the fullness of what your hands can do, in the fullness of your education, in the fullness of your good looks. No. See, because some of us don't have the fullness of that, but I'm not even going to talk about that. But in the fullness of God. So, so all of this, I want you to accomplish and live a life full of me. Yes. But it's going to take what? A life firmly planted in love. And once you get planted in love, he said, I want you to experience and explore all of my love for you. Yes, Lord. Co-pastor talked about God loving you yes. just because. Yes. Right. When you understand that, that God's greatness for you is his love for you. Yes. Then you will start to understand what he wants to do in your life. Yes. So God's greatness operating in my life is his love operating in my life. Yes. And me exploring all the depths of that love. Mm-hmm. Because you love me, Lord, you will heal me. Because you love me, Lord, you will prosper me. Because you love me, Lord, you will make sure that I am put on high and set 
on display for all the world to see as a shining example of someone that is following you completely yes. and that your greatness oozes out of me. Yes. So this isn't about being prideful. No. This is about operating the way God wanted you to be. That's right. That's right. Simple as that. Yes, it is. From soup to nuts. Mm-hmm. Certified awesome? That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I got you. Yeah. And I wasn't even there and I got you. That's great. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but it's just that easy. Yeah. I mean... It's just that easy. And, you know, and when we read Ephesians, we always go to Ephesians 20. Talking, I mean, you know what it says? He's able to carry out and do super abundantly up far above all that we can ask or dare or think. We know that verse. We know that verse. We know that. But see, what I want you to understand is 16 through 19. See, because without 16 through 19, you can't get to 20. So without you personally knowing who I am, you can't get all that I have. That's right. That's so I want you to get all that I have. I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you have to invite me in with an open door to your heart. Yes. And when you let me in, let me show you how to love. Thank you, Lord. See, because a life full of love is a life of freedom. See, because when you operate in love, then things don't bother you. When you walk in love, distraction can't come and knock you out of the way. See, when you walk in love, then guess what? Offense has no place in your life. And if you can't be offended, or if you can't be aggravated, or if you can't be talked down to, or if you can't be convinced that God doesn't love you, if all those things can't happen for your life, guess what? Your vision is clear all of the time. That's right. And if my vision is clear all of the time and it is before me, I see you. I see you. Thank you then God's greatness will fall upon you. Hmm. Let's go to John 14 21 real fast. So John chapter 14, verse 21 and I'll read this in King James and the Amplified. It says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And the Amplified says, The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Lord, I really love you. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I, too, will love him and will show, reveal, and manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. So, Lord, I want you to reveal yourself to me in a way that I have never seen before. See, and he can do this because now your vision is clear. And when I am doing this and he reveals himself to me, he will show himself to be real to me. Yes, that's right. What would you do if today you left here, you drove home, you walked inside your house, 
you went to sit down and eat dinner, and there's a wonderful meal prepared for you that you did not make, and that the head of your table is Jesus Christ himself. How will the rest of your day go? See, I wouldn't be upset because, you know, he's welcomed in my heart and in my home. That's right. So, so I love the fact that you got here before I even got here. And I love the fact that you have prepared a meal for me. And I love the fact that you want to spend time with me. And I love the fact that you are now revealing yourself to me and you are as real as I am touching you right now. See, God's greatness is his love for you. God's greatness is him showing up real in your life. Hmm. When you have some time, because I'm, I'm out of time. Read John 15. I, I know, I know, but see, we, I got it. Bear with, just give me five minutes, I promise, and, and, and I'll let you go. John 15. And when you get a chance, read verse 1 through 17. Read the entire, entire scripture from 1 to 17. And it talks about he being the vine. Right? And his father is the vine dresser. I like this term, vine dresser. God's job as the vine dresser is to cultivate the vine and the branches. You know, and it talks about, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. So God's greatness is it's a requirement that I be attached to him to get that. And you continue to read through this, and it talks about, if you heed my commandments, then you should bear fruit. So God's greatness in your life bears fruit all of the time, right? Now, we talk about, Lord, we want to have a harvest of souls, right? What if that harvest of souls is only coming as a result of the fruit that you bear? Are we being fruitful? Is God's greatness operating in us to the point where we're bearing fruit so other people can see, like we had talked about before, Mm -hmm. with the Gentiles being, oh my God, look what they have. Mm -hmm. And you talking and spreading that word so that you can reap those souls. Mm -hmm. But you can't reap any souls if there isn't a harvest. And a harvest is a result of fruit being born from a tree or from a branch or from the vine. So if you're not connected to the vine, then you can't bear any fruit. And if you can't bear any fruit, then you can't reap anything. And if you can't reap anything, guess what? Now you're blind and you're hungry. So when you get, you get, a, when you get a chance... Just peruse through John. See what he's saying about you so that we can put off that old way of thinking and see that, Lord, you know what? I want to live a life of greatness. Lord, I want to experience your love. I want to explore all of it, 
not just a portion, so that I can receive all that you have, all that you are, or that you will be, so that I can make an impact in this world for you. Yes. When you have a soul winner's heart, then everything else is taken care of. Yes. So, so today, when you leave this place, let's talk about, Lord, you know what? Forgive me if my priorities have been askew. Forgive me if I've just seen you as a means to an end. Forgive me if my relationship with you hasn't really been 100% pure. Lord, you know what? I'm putting all of that. Forgive me. What I'm doing today is make sure that I live a life full of your goodness and your greatness and full of you, a life worth living. That's what I want to do. I will no longer be dragged this way or this way. I'm going to be completely focused on you so that your vision for me can be manifested in my life. Is that something that we want to do? You promise? Look, you don't even have to make a promise to me. Make a promise to yourself that I'm going to live a life that pleases God because that's what he wants.